Sam Gordon joins us now, our good friend from the Las Vegas Review Journal. What's up, brother? How you doing? My man TC, happy Thursday. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm right back at you. All right, man. Let's start. Let's start talking about that. Let's talk about UNLV and uh, you know they lost to San Jose State last week, and San Jose State, you know, had the best quarterback in the Mountain West Conference. So not a real surprise that San Jose State came here and did a number. You got to kind of feel bad for them not advancing to the championship game. I think that's a hard explanation that uh, somebody from the Mount West Conference offices is delivering that had to deliver to San Jose State to, you know head coach and their administration saying hey sorry uh you know you beat the top dog in the conference and on their home field and you're not going but it's college sports man it is what it is it's crazy and now UNLV is getting another opportunity this time against Boise State a tremendous matchup, TC, and uh, of course, I'm. You know, let's get the first things first. Um, I'm with you in terms of the computers being absolutely ridiculous. Uh, this should be a rematch between between UNLV and San Jose State. That's what this game should be. Two teams that are nine and three that had better overall re- records. Uh, I understand some of the strength of schedule stuff and, and whatnot, but it's not like Boise State performed in its non-conference. Boise State did not perform in its non-conference. In fact, blew a massive lead. Uh, to Memphis and, and was so bad at one point in the season, it had to fire its coach. Uh, right? Credit for what they've done and for how they played the Mountain West season. And the, the, they very well, they're favored in the game. It's a talented roster. They very well may win the game and, and be the Mountain West champions, but they're not in the game based on their merit, based on the merits of what they accomplished in the Mountain West. Um, this season, let's just get that out of the way. They're in there because of the computers. Let, let's just get rid of the computer model. I don't know what has to be done. Uh, but we have to figure it out. Uh, next, uh, as far as the game itself, um, look, UNLV uh, has, uh, we know about what they've accomplished this year under Barry Odom, right? One of the better, uh, the best offense in the Mountain West, a much improved defense at all three levels. Special teams are excellent. Kicking, punting, return game, they're as good as it gets. You have one of the best freshman quarterbacks in the country, and Jade Mayaba, one of the best freshmen overall. And, uh, and in Ricky White on the perimeter, you have who I believe to be, and I wrote about this, uh, for the Review Journal on Wednesday, TC, uh, an All-American out on the perimeter uh, with 1,308 yards and counting, two more games to play, has a chance to be a 1,500-yard uh, receiver this season, has absolutely buoyed that offense uh, in a historic year for UNLV, a team that might win the Mountain West. It's not just empty stats on a bad team. This is a guy driving winning, helping to drive winning in a historic year uh, for a program on the rise. But when you talk about the matchup, Look, it's all about can UNLV stop the running game? Can they slow down what you uh, what Boise State uh, has back there uh, in the backfield? And can they continue uh, to take care of the football, protect the football like they have for most of the season and win the position, uh, the field position game? Boise State uh, doesn't have the, the same kind of firepower on the perimeter. They don't have the same kind of firepower back there at, at quarterback per se. Uh, but they're talented in the trenches. Uh, they they play hard. They're fast and physical, and they're they're running back whose name escapes me at the moment. TC. Uh, was the, the Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year. So we know what he can do. We know what he can bring to the table. Uh, and we understand the emotion that's going to be behind this game, right? Boise State playing for their interim co- uh, for their coach, uh, rather, uh, for, uh, for, for, for their coach who was, uh, who replaced the former coach earlier this season and UNLV looking to put a cherry on what's been the best season, uh, since 1984. So it's a fantastic matchup. Uh, it looks like there was an announcement made earlier. I saw on my social, uh, that there are tickets available now in, in the upper bowl, which means if they're opening up those tickets, there, there's going to be an attendance. There's going to be presence. Uh, you expect Broncos fans to travel well. I certainly do. 
Uh, and I'm, I'm curious to see what the crowd is like uh, for UNLV supporters. If there's ever a game uh, that UNLV fans, long-suffering UNLV football fans, would ever uh, attend, you, you think it'd be this one. So uh, it's a great matchup. I'll be out at the stadium Saturday and looking forward to seeing what both teams bring to the table. Yeah, the running back you're talking about, Sam, I believe, is Ashton Janty. Uh, that kid, that kid has had over, uh, he's had uh, over uh, two 200 yard games and a couple over 100 as well, too. So yeah, I know he is, uh, he's phenomenal. Can UNLV stop him? But I would think at the quarterback position, though, Sam, UNLV actually has the advantage. Yep. I'm 100% with you, TC. Uh, Jade Mayava, again, I believe he leads off freshmen in completion percentage uh, and, and, and passer rating uh, in terms of, you know, there's a different metric in, in college, but passer, whatever the, whatever the technical term is. I believe he's tops among freshman quarterbacks, and, uh, and we've seen him time and time again down the stretch, big moments, big situations, big throws, uh, do what he has to do, stand in there and make plays, make plays from the pocket, make plays with his legs, make plays with poise, uh, he's done it on the road. He's done it at home. He's done it in the two-minute offense. He's done it down 17. Uh, again, this is one of the best freshman quarterbacks in the country, if not one of the best overall uh, freshmen in the country, and, and certainly uh, the top quarterback, the top signal caller that, that I can remember the Rebels uh, having you know, in quite some time. So uh, he's excellent. And, 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 again, you have Ricky White on the perimeter. Uh, the go-go offense dialed up by Brennan Marion, a rising star uh, at the offensive coordinator spot, a future head coach. No question about it. You take a look at what they've done in the backfield. They lead college football in rushing touchdowns. This is a multifaceted offense that can beat teams in a lot of ways. They haven't shown any quit in any game this year, right? Even the losses that they had, they played Michigan more competitively than several Big Ten teams, including my alma mater, the University of Minnesota, uh, and, they're, they're, and, and, and San Jose State. They, I mean, they, they get, did everything they could down the stretch to, to make it a game and to give themselves a glimmer of hope at the very end there. And then Fresno State was down to the wire, too. So this is a mentally tough uh, team that, that's multifaceted offensively, that can run the ball, that can throw, that has one of the best receivers in the country, that has continuity, and that is led by the coach of the year, the Mountain West coach of the year, Barry Odom. Uh, should be There's several. I don't know if there's an official national coach of the year award, but he should be a finalist on whatever list there is for what he's been able to do, how he was able to stabilize this program in, in just one year, not to stabilize it, but elevate it to new heights, elevate it to one of the best, what, what they've been, one of the best group of five programs in the country this season, again, can punctuate that on Saturday. So uh, the, the, the UNLB this year, TC, has kind of all the things you look for. They're, they've been a very complete football team. They're experienced, uh, and they're going to have to go prove it one more time, uh, certainly in the Mountain West, at the Mountain West level. Uh, against Boise State on Saturday. It should be a good one. All right, 12 noon, kicking off Boise State and UNLV. And, yes, they have uh, opened up uh, uh, the upper bowl there. So tickets on sale. You can get in there for as, as low as $20 as well, too. So looking forward to that at 12 noon. All right, Sam, um, Raiders got the bye week. Uh, we watched that game against uh, the Chiefs where the Raiders got up to that 14 nothing lead and then uh, the Chiefs uh, just just put it put it to the Raiders outscoring them what 31 to 3 from there on out. Uh Hunter Renfro says today there's no reason why the Raiders cannot run the table and win five straight games to make the playoffs. What do you think about that? Oh, I mean I respect the bravado, I respect the confidence. I mean that's what else is he supposed to say but yeah. I'd be hard pressed TC to see them rattling off five straight in a stretch that includes uh, at Kansas City. You're going to have to go into Arrowhead Stadium in a game that maybe that are probably going to be still at that point of the season uh, of consequence for the Chiefs considering how close everything is in the AFC they're going to need to win that game 
And when the Chiefs pressed go, when they woke up, right, after the first quarter and a half, when they woke up on Sunday, uh, they boat raced the Raiders. The game was not competitive. Uh, it was 31-3 after the 14-0 deficit. It was a total domination uh, on both sides of the ball. And, uh, and again, I, look, I respect the belief. I respect the confidence. That's what, what you're supposed to feel. And it's reflective of, despite a couple losses, it's reflective of the belief that Antonio Pierce has managed to build inside the locker room in the last few weeks. But I'm, I don't see it happening. I think, I mean, they're just, when you take a look at the schedule that, that, that they have to play still, uh, Denver's still on the schedule. Denver's, believe it or not, TC really good now, uh, winning five straight, one of the best defenses in the NFL over the last month and some change. And dare I say, Russell Wilson for comeback player of the year has played as, as well as, you know, pretty much any quarterback in the league, save for four or five. Uh, not getting a ton of buzz for what he's done, but he's taking care of the football. He's made clutch plays. He's led big drives, and he's done it all season long. So uh, the Chargers is always a tough game, and and, uh, and of course the Vikings are going to be you know desperate, and they they're coming off their bye as well. They're still in the playoff picture uh, too. And then the Colts, TC. That's that, I believe those are the remaining five games. Yep. Colts are six and five. That's not a gimme. That's nothing to sneeze at. The Colts are six and five, have a better record than the Raiders, and are more in the mix for the playoffs than the Raiders are. Uh, right now, currently with Gardner Minshew as, as their starting quarterback. So, uh, again, respect to Moxie, respect to Bravado, but nothing that I've seen uh, over the last at any point this season, and, and even with Antonio Pierce at the helm, leads me to believe that the Raiders can win five straight. Could they win a couple of those games? Absolutely, I would expect them uh, to win a, a couple more games. But but getting up to uh, getting up to ten and seven, that still might not be enough to make the playoffs. Uh, considering how competitive this AFC is. Sam, I want you to call your uh, peeps over there in the, the Vikings front office, okay? And tell them, I, I've seen enough of Joshua Dobbs, okay? That's enough. After that performance that we saw Monday night, come on, man. Oh, my. What was that? Uh, I mean, it was, uh, dare I say, TC, it was one of the worst quarterback <laughs> games of, of the year. And, and, you know, Josh Dobbs was uh, an incredible story, right? With his just kind of his personal situation, what he's been through. Uh, his journey around the NFL and then how he played for, for two full games against Atlanta, against the Saints. Um, he was awesome and, and really galvanized the Vikings in so many ways, but came back down to earth a little bit uh, and during the Denver game at Denver. Denver's defense made some key plays, and he, um, you know, just the Vikings didn't play a complete game. I thought there were some coaching issues in that game as well. But, but anytime on Monday Night Football against the Bears in, a, in a pretty much a showcase game, you can't have four turnovers. Um, it was it was definitely inexplicable. It was a poorly quarterback game, um, and uh, and now we'll see what the Vikings uh, do during their bye week. Uh, what, what quarterbacks they're going to come in here with um, in in Vegas because that's that's both teams and their bye here at Legion Stadium uh, on I believe it's December tenth. Um, I'm sorry, or maybe ninth. Uh, I'm still of the belief though, TC. I'm not. I mean, the, the options right now in Minnesota, Slim Pickens, Nick Mullins, and, and Jared Hall, and we've seen Josh Dobbs at his best, what he's capable of and what he can do. Now, can he still summon that? Can he tap into that? Is there too much film on him at this point? Perhaps there is, but he still offers uh, a dynamic uh, with his legs that the, the, the Vikings, I don't think, have leaned all the way into schematically yet, and we'll see if KOC wants to make that adjustment. But I would not be surprised. Either way, um, if it's Nick Mullins getting the start uh, in a couple weeks, just kind of based on the tenor of Kevin O'Connell's last couple press conferences, the Vikings are in a, a do-or-die situation now pretty much with where everything is in the NFC, and maybe they want to throw a new quarterback back there to give the Raiders uh, a different look. Sam Gordon joins us, Las Vegas Review-Journal. Fine columnist there. Sam covers everything here in Las Vegas Raiders UNLV uh, boxing, of course, uh, 
everything here. And uh, we talk a lot about uh, the Raiders. There's a story that's circulating out there today, Sam. I'm not sure if you've seen it yet where um, ex-Raiders uh, general manager Dave Ziegler uh, apparently had said that he wanted to move up in the draft and draft C.J. Stroud because he believed he was a generational talent. But Josh McDaniels overruled him. And uh, the reports are that McDaniels was hell-bent, uh, that word was used, on starting uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. And uh, so apparently Ziegler and and McDaniels were at opposite ends of that. So uh, I'm sure that story will, will gain a little steam there. But it is impressive what uh, C.J. Stroud uh, has done. But, you know, you never really know what a quarterback will do, or any player for that matter, if they go to a different organization. You know, and uh, I'll give D'Amico Ryans all the credit in the world. I mean, he's got Houston playing uh, some fantastic football right now, and Stroud is, has played exceptionally well. Even though the last two weeks you make, can make the case that, okay, maybe now he's coming back down to earth a little bit with, you know, he's had some more interceptions the last couple of weeks. But, uh, I don't know. When, when, when you hear a story like that, uh, what do you think? I think it's easy to say that now that CJ yeah. Stroud looks like, you know, like looks like the man and whatnot. Like the Raiders should have drafted him and then they should have figured out a way to get on the same page. And if there was indeed a, some kind of fracture there, that's reflected. Then that's then there's there's no surprise where they're at where they're at, right? The best teams. Not to say that there can't be discourse or disagreement, but you got to be on the same page from ownership to GM to coach to quarterback to so on and so forth. Everybody's on the same page. Look look at look at what it's like in Kansas City, right? There's there are clear responsibilities, clear organizational duties that are split up there. There's connected there's connective tissue along the way, and everybody knows what the assignment is. And, and, it's, and it's finely tuned and, and, and is a, obviously a, a Super Bowl caliber organization. Look at Philadelphia, uh, their GM, Howie Roseman, their coach, Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts, the synergy between those guys, between the organization, right? Like that's, that's what you're striving for. And, and within a year of, of this entire ordeal, um, the, 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 I mean, the, the, the thing fractured, right? The ship collapsed. So there was never going to be staying power at PC. Uh, as long as Josh McDaniels was the head coach, it, things were clearly, uh, I mean, they were going exactly how they went in Denver. And that was, I mean, that was last season with all the blown leads and a uh, six and 11 roster after spending or record after spending all that money. So, uh, either way, look, whether they want you, whoever wanted CJ Stroud, like the Texans got them and they got their guy for the next 15 years and they're going to be a force to deal with. You got to get the quarterback right. And, and I would expect the Raiders uh, to canvas all options this offseason. Uh, after they finalize their head coach and GM and, and figure out what the future of that position looks like. Because if you take a look around the AFC, look at the quarterbacks you're going to have to go through. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence, Lamar Jackson, C.J. Stroud, uh, Josh Allen, obviously still a factor, right? The list goes on and on. Justin Herbert, Tua Tagovailoa down there in Miami, absolutely no scrub. Joe Burrow, how could I forget him because he's hurt? Like These are franchise quarterbacks. These are These are dudes at the quarterback position. And, uh, and that's what the Raiders are going to have to, you know, they're going to have to get in order to compete at the highest level. So we'll see what happens. They don't have CJ Stroud. Uh, the Houston Texans do. And, and that's why the Texans are in the, a playoff mix, uh, in a rebuilding year and seem to be set up with some of the, their young players that they have around him to, to, as one of the best, uh, cores and foundations, uh, in the NFL moving forward. Sam, what about tomorrow night? Going to be in attendance, Allegiant Stadium. We've got the Pac-12 championship game. It'll be the last that we know it. And we've got Oregon and Washington. 
it's going to be kind of a, a weird situation as, as we know you've got, uh, their two sister schools are the only two schools that are left standing. We've got lawsuits going on. We've got the Pac-12 commissioner is going to be handing a trophy over to one of these, uh, uh, you know, these schools and head coaches. It's going to be kind of an awkward thing at the end of the night, but it should be a very good football game between these two. But and it's, and it's a rematch and it's, uh, you got revenge factor for the Ducks and you also got, playoff implications so this is should be a good one give me some thoughts who do you like and why the ducks or the huskies yeah so you see i think first and foremost what a way for the uh the pac-12 to go out right we're basically a a uh, elimination game to get in the college football playoff two um long long story programs in the pacific northwest loaded with talent two great quarterbacks capping off what might have been the most interesting year or certainly one of the most interesting years uh, and competitive years in the league's history. When you talk about from way top to bottom, uh, the quarterback play, the talent, the storylines from September with Coach Prime to October, the collapse of USC to Washington's uh, reemergence as a national power to Oregon's you know steady uh, steady dominance atop the league and the way they rebounded from the loss and all the great stories uh, in between. I'm certainly sad to see the Pac-12 go. Uh, I like like the tradition of college football and whatnot. That's what makes college football different from the NFL is that uh, there that there was these kind of storied rivalries and you can always kind of hang on to those. And uh, in losing those, I think you're you're losing a lot of what college football uh, is built on. And I imagine there's only going to be more and more compromise down the road as these mega leagues and powerhouses. I mean, I, we're we're just kind of in my my opinion. We're, this is just the tip of the iceberg of where college sports is going. So. Uh, I think the, the game set Friday night is going to be a great showcase of, of two great teams. And I like, look, I like Oregon. I, I like Oregon. I'm going with the favorite. Uh, I just think they have a little bit better of a roster and, and they've kind of shown that. And even uh, in Seattle, they took the Huskies down to the wire. Um, it'll be a great game. I, I mean, the, the, the NFL talent on both teams, a uh, homecoming uh, for Washington wideout, Romo Dunze, formerly of Bishop Gorman. He's going to be a first round pick and he's a finalist for the Belindikoff award. One of the best players in the country, so he'll have a chance to ball out of the Legion Stadium before uh, he says goodbye and a chance to leave his legacy behind. Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, uh, Troy Franklin, the list goes on and on in terms of some of the star power and firepower in the game. So expecting a great atmosphere, a great turnout. Uh, I'm going to miss the Pac-12. Um, as a Big Ten guy, it, it feels weird that there's going to be these West Coast L.A. schools. Like It just doesn't necessarily fit uh, with Big Ten football, but I'm going to be open-minded and, and see kind of what new rivalries form and, and how this trans- transforms the league and and what it does, right? I mean, I can feel this right now, but the reality is things are changing. We got to get with it and, and see and see what things move like, uh, move, see how things move and evolve uh, going forward. But I will uh, certainly be enjoying, uh, I don't know if I'm going to be at the stadium yet, but one way or another, I will be enjoying the last uh, ever Pac-12 championship game. Uh, that was the league I kind of grew up watching late, you know, the, the West Coast games, USC football, very formative uh, in my youth and uh, sad to see how it's changed. But Going to be open-minded. Should be a great game tomorrow, and uh, and and then also, of course, looking forward to Saturday. I will definitely be at a, a, a Legion Stadium writing a column for the paper on Sunday. You got it, brother. All right, we'll look forward to seeing you then. Have a good one. Appreciate the time as always, Sam. Appreciate you, TC. Take care. There he is, Happy Sam, Thursday, Sam Gordon. Go check him out um, at the at the RJ. Uh, check out all of his columns uh, online, and also he's a great follow on Twitter by Sam Gordon. 